Hello everyone, this is Meng Fei Li from Beijing, China, and welcome to this special episode of The Missing Piece. Since the Hindu nationalists swept into power in the year of 2014, there has been a marked rise in violence in the region of Kashmir. Kashmir threatened by anti-Muslim sentiment stoked by the government and repeated military campaigns in the region have agitated for greater independence from India. Now today we have the honor to talk to one of the international journalists all the way from Kashmir. Her name is Safina Nabi. Safina is a full-time independent multimedia journalist from South Asia based in Kashmir. She writes about gender, health, human rights, social justice, development, and environment. She writes for national and international publications, and she's a Poulter Center grantee. Of course, Safina loves to travel, track, and read. Well, Safina, welcome back to my show. Thank you so much, Mengfi, for having me. Well, absolutely. Now, let's get started. I know recently you published an article. So can you just briefly tell us how would you describe the conflict within the Kashmir at this moment? And why do you think it's so significant or so critical for the world to know that the Indian government are attacking the people in Kashmir? What is the, um, the reason for them to take such heinous actions? Uh, maybe we need to understand a little bit of our uh, historical perspective because there is a historical legacy that's connected with Kashmir when we talk about, uh, you know, um, India and Kashmir. So when uh, when when all the states were getting independence and India was forming and uh, on the other side Pakistan was forming, so Kashmir was in between India and Pakistan and it was... Uh, a sort of, a, uh, you know, a, a state which was equally... Um, which had a, a you know equal uh, uh, you know that uh, sort of an edge to go to pakistan or to go to india uh, so at that point of a time uh, the maharaja uh, didn't want to collaborate with any of the parts so he thought that he will take uh, or he will keep kashmir as an in, you know a separate state and sort of make it a country later but uh, uh, so some political actions happened at that point of a time and uh, uh, there, there was a, a sort of violence happening in Kashmir and uh, the Maharaja came to India and asked them for some military help. Uh, but it was on a condition that once the uh, things once things will settle down and uh, the atmosphere will be okay, uh, the military will come back and Kashmiri people will get to decide uh, what they want to do. Would they uh, want to be independent or will, will they go to in India or will they go to, uh, you know, will they be with Pakistan? Uh, since then, the Indian state is not um, agreeing to withhold their powers or to withhold army from uh, Kashmir. And uh, after that, the occupation started and it just got more um, dense with each passing day and with each passing year. Uh, so now the turmoil has reached at a point of time. So Kashmir had a different article. It had its own constitution. It had its, it had, uh, its own state assembly and it had powers to make its own laws. But, and because of a clause that was in the Indian constitution and the Indian constitution gave us that um, guarantee that you can do it. Uh, so that was article 370 and 35A where we had all the reservations from Kashmir uh, uh, to keep it ourselves like jobs, um, scholarships, uh, state laws. We had our own uh, civil law, uh, etc., etc. 
but they uh, unilaterally uh, uh, scrapped that article in august 2019 uh 5th august 2019 last year and since then uh, they completely blocked internet they completely blocked internet facilities phone facilities for 71 days we had no internet we had no phones and they completely shut down entire state and there was a continuous uh, curfew in place and they uh, scrapped article 3 70 uh, and 35a uh, which we can call illegal uh, scrapping mm. and they didn't give any chance to people to uh, you know express their anger or uh, dissent uh, so and after that they completely took over the state and they have criminalized dissent in a way uh, whoever talks um, about rights of people of Kashmir or whoever is uh, uh, trying to highlight the issue at different platforms or at different certain levels they completely abandon that person or uh, label him with different labels like international and so on and uh, apart from that they do charge them under different laws which are draconian laws like uapa which is meant for uh, those people who wage war against a state or a country well, so under such draconian laws. Yeah. Right. Well, Safina, I want to ask you, I know right now you're traveling on the road. And of course, I, I do really appreciate your time. But right now, I think that in terms of understanding the territory of of Kashmir, now, India government, it's actually it's pushing the envelope. It's actually doing more than just acquire the territory because it seems like the conflict between uh, the Indian government and Kashmir, it's more than just the territorial dis dispute. It seems like the Indian government, they're sending the messages to the people in Kashmir to say either, you know what, either you um, take it or you leave it. Is that the case, how you describe it? Uh, absolutely. You know, um, the current government, which is uh, a Hindu Rashtra-led party, and they completely are, uh, completely are of the idea that uh, they do not want um, a, a secular a secular country. They just want a Hindu Rashtra, and that's what is their ideology that they preach through different organizations that they have, like RSS or any other organization. Uh, but apart from that, uh, whenever, in, in any case, if there was any party who was ruling uh, the center, their only message for Kashmir is through any policy or through any development they, that they do, they do not want to leave Kashmir. They just want land. They just don't want people. Because if they want people, they would want that the state is uh, not only land, but the people also live there and we need to listen to them. We need to listen to their queries, their anger, their frustration, even if they are trying to voice their voices and uh, are highlighting their dissent. So we should, we should appreciate that and let them do that you know in a civil manner but they are hijacking that also and in a way they are just sending across a message that we do not want uh, the Kashmiri people because the way they they kill they shoot they use uh, you know they use ammunitions like they use tear gases they use pellet guns which, which is completely uh, you know unethical under international law and right. you know in a way under national law as well but they're using that and uh, army has got special powers if they kill anyone they will not be uh, you know charged it there are so many cases that are going in different courts but until you know in past three decades or four decades there is not even a single person that has been prosecuted in the civil court so mm. that also just sends us a message that they just do not want people of Kashmir they just want that land because there are so many resources and uh, because Kashmir is a majority uh, Muslim population mm. well, which also plays a very very uh, you know huge uh, important yeah 
Well, yeah, um, I mean, um, Safina, I yeah. want to get to that part for a second because in the recent article that when you sent to me, actually the Indian government used the tear gas and also used the militia, this ruthless way to deal with the people in Kashmir. And of course, based on your recent article that you, you, you documented that one young man that actually lost Alaski's life in this crossfire, and which was very devastating for the families. So, from your perspective, is this really the appropriate way, or is this really the a military, uh, the most effective way for the uh, Indian government to send the message to the people in Kashmir? And and also, what is the reaction? from the um the people in Kashmir to the Indian government why can't they protest against the behavior or why can't they just to rebel against what the Indian government is doing to them at this moment it's, um, I mean, it's not that easy as we see it from the other way or we see it from outside. It's very, very critical in that way. For example, there are 500 boys who were picked up uh, when 370 was abrogated and they were thrown into different jails throughout the country, throughout India. So even some of them uh, are still in jails and uh, all the leadership, be it separatist leaders or be it those people who are in mainstream, who always preached the idea of India, who always uh, wanted to merge with India, who propagated their idea in Kashmir, they are also under constant, uh, you know, detention and threat. I mean, I do not see any political leader who is speaking loudly against uh, BJP. Their only policy is to be with BJP or if you speak against us, you will be in jail. And um, apart from that, uh, for, for the local people, um, it, it is very, very difficult you know to protest because whoever protests for example there was this boy recently who was a college going student and, and a very young chap who i i mean uh, later we came to know that it was a fake encounter they picked him up from somewhere and you know killed him in a fake encounter and they didn't even gave the body of that boy to the parents now when the parents are fighting against that they should at least give them the dead body and they are protesting against it going to the court of law against it the army booked the parents and the relatives also under draconian laws like UAP. I mean, it's very inhuman, isn't it? So if mm. something like this is happening with the completely devastated their son and they are fighting for his body they, they have nothing that they can relate to now because they even do not have his great soul and be at peace that at least we have some we can pray for him even they have, have not left nor the only case there are hundreds such kind of fear among society if the dissent will be criminalized if the legalities in the law will be criminalized if such laws that are meant for those people who are criminals will be uh, you know slapped against those people who are activists and who are working on ground as ground workers, how do you think that the protest will happen, be it peaceful or violent, any kind of protest will happen ever? So they have completely blocked that space of dissent. They, they do not allow people to do any kind of protest. Mm. Well, um, Safina, I want to get to another point very quickly. Is Recently, there has been so many articles uh, um, discussing the conflict regarding the farmers in India clashed uh, um, with the government of India. So for a lot 
of us that we don't really understand what is the internal conflict or what really caused the problem. Can you just quickly walk us through what is actually uh, um, what was actually happened between the farmers in India with the Indian government and how how devastating or how how much negative impact has the conflict created on the national policy? Uh, definitely see, uh, you know, if you uh, make any law and you pass it through parliament, definitely it should be a law or it should be, uh, you know, uh, it should be a piece of paper, even if we consider not it as a law right now and we consider it just a piece of paper, it should be something which should be very constructive and concrete, which should be beneficial for the people because your laws, your uh, parliament and your all bureaucracy it's just for the you know welfare of people in a country like india which is fully democratic and which believes in the process of democracy uh, so they're just bringing in some laws where they are bringing in uh private uh, partners or private people uh, to purchase uh, stuff from uh, farmers and in a way in a longer run they are not giving them any guarantee that if tomorrow they will say that uh, okay so i'm purchasing from you uh, a particular crop and tomorrow um, if I think that the prices of the particular crop are going up, I can just cut them down directly without consulting with the government or without consulting with the farmer. So this is one of the laws that is there in the palm laws. So similarly, there are particular three laws where the farmers are protesting against it. And tomorrow, if the private companies or even the government will ask them that, I mean, it, if, uh, you know, the deadline, that the land is ours they do not have any protection against it and they are telling them that we are not men amend the bill they are just telling them that we are just giving you a word how can somebody's word help me tomorrow for example if to today it's bjp government tomorrow it will be congress government and they will suddenly think that they just don't want to keep farmers there they just want to take all the land uh, amend the laws um, give them the uh, give them land on lease and just ask them to cultivate it then what will happen at that point of time? Farmers will be without farms and their entire family, uh, you know, runs on farms. Their entire economy runs on it. And there are farmers like who are, I mean, there are, there are complete, like Punjab, Haryana, these are states which completely run on agricultural economy. So, um, this is, I think this is a stupid uh, kind of a bill that they have brought in and this is a very stupid uh, notion that they do not listen to farmers. Uh, from past two months, more than two months, the farmers are on the roads and they're protesting and they do not listen to them even if, uh, I mean, they have valid, I mean, they just um, are making, um, you know, uh, meetings with them and even if they have, le uh, you know, legally and uh, ideologically, logically, they have valid reasons and questions to question this bill and, uh, you know, um, uh, they have full right also uh, to ask these questions to the government and the government have all the, uh, you don't know, reservations to give them full answers because it's about them after all. Mm. But they are not, you know, uh, interested in giving them uh, proper answers and they are not interested in letting them know uh, even if this bill is beneficial, how will it be beneficial for them? They are not able to manage that portion. Mm. But that's why, uh, you know, there is this continuous conflict going on uh, around that bill uh, between farmers and uh, the government of India right now. I see. Now, um, Safina, I have one more question before letting you go. Is Let's talk about the role of um, Miranda Modi at this moment. And we know in we are in mm. the year of 2021. Um. Modi right now, he's making greater efforts to picture himself as this leader who's continued to reign over the country of India. But here's my question is, 
as the world continues to battle against the COVID-19, and we know India is one of the countries that developing a tremendously, a tremendously or fastly in terms of the vaccinations. So, Savina, from your perspective and also from your witness, uh, I'm really on the ground. How do you think, or how do you think that people evaluate the leadership of Modi under the pandemic? And also, from your perspective. How much progress do you think that India has made in terms of developing the vaccination at this moment? Uh, I I personally do not that that focus is that there is a pandemic and we need to look up for our people or we need to do uh, certain strategies where we can safeguard people or we can do something related to pandemic. I think their focus is just what they do, what they want to do. For example, uh, when they scrapped three seventeen, after that, uh, you know, after four or five months, the pandemic hit. But their focus was not that there is pandemic and we need to focus on, um, you know, on on a pandemic and we need to develop certain strategies or look into different perspectives. Of it, but no, they were just busy in uh, passing different laws that can change the demography of Kashmir. Similarly, they are doing certain things in another states also. They are not worried, you know, what is happening with the population. They are not worried what is happening with their own people. They are not uh, at all absolutely, uh, you know, um, worried about what is happening uh, when it comes to pandemic and um, how can we stop it and what should be our, what should be our you know future strategy. It's it's a it's a country with with such population and uh, you know uh, the states are developing uh, in a way and uh, uh, so, so there are lots of uh, challenges that this country can face but they just are not worried about it when it comes to the leadership for example modi is just worried about that what he wants in life and what he wants his party to do the kind of message that they have that is sorted in their mind they are not bothered about that people are dying or we need to look up for a vaccination or we need to create a, a certain strategy in terms of curbing the pandemic but they have their own logics uh, when it comes to leadership and running the country and they are doing that even if the country is failing economically or if it's going uh, uh, somewhere else in terms of development or it's negatively progressing that's not their agenda at all now so i think their agenda is something like to create a hindu rashtra and they are going towards that direction come what may at any cost at any price at any kind of an ideology but safina do you believe there is it there is democracy in India at this moment because, again, across the world, and we always say that India is the democratic country, and it's actually uh, a few of the democratic countries in Southeast Asia. So from your pers perspective, quickly, Safina, do you believe that India is a democratic country in the year of 2021? You, um, you know, if you enter different institutions and you curb dissent and you do not allow even scholars and students to have conversations about dissent, you curb everything that's uh, allowed to do uh, in a democracy. If mm. you think that is democracy, then I, I think that that is democracy. But if you think, if the definition says that that is not, then it def definitely is not. I personally believe that this has no longer remained a democracy now because they are um, entering into each and every institution and curbing them under their own and uh, ideology and changing its all narratives and it's it's sort of uh, going towards autocracy in a way if it will not stop here it will go towards autocracy definitely all right well safina nabi it's a multimedia international journalist all the way from india thank you so much for being on my show and also we do appreciate 
the uniqueness and also the amazing article that you contribute around the world. Thank you, uh, Safina. It's always been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Manky, so much for taking our time and thinking about me again and again and giving me a chance to speak on your show. I really appreciate your time and contribution. Absolutely. We're always looking forward to hearing the latest updates from you from Kashmir and also India. Best luck to your travels. Thank you.